Welcome to The Buzz. I'm Christopher Conover. This week, we check in on economic assistance during the pandemic. The pandemic has brought huge economic pain to millions of Americans. A year into the crisis, millions remain unemployed. In Arizona last week, more than 251,000 people received some sort of unemployment assistance, a 2,000% increase from a year ago. Many of those struggling to find work are on the verge of losing their homes and still struggling to put food on the table. President Joe Biden has proposed a $1.9 trillion stimulus package that includes various kinds of relief. While Congress weighs that measure, we checked in on how prior pandemic relief efforts are playing out on the local level. The city of Tucson received nearly $96 million in the first federal stimulus act in 2020. Tucson Mayor Regina Romero says she and the city council made a strategic plan to spend that money with a priority on investing in people. We wanted to make sure that those funds were distributed as quickly as possible to the families that were um, especially affected by COVID-19. Our small businesses that uh, some of them had to uh, shut down in order to be able to prevent the spread of COVID-19. And so um, I, I also created what, um, what is called uh, the Somos Uno, the We Are One Somos Uno Resiliency Fund in partnership with the Community Foundation of Southern Arizona. Um, and we use that fund, we use the We Are One Somos Uno Resiliency Fund uh, to partner up with nonprofit organizations that became our partners in distributing the funds um, we spent millions of dollars to the workers and families piece. Um, we spent funds for the small business uh, grants. We spent some uh, funds for rent and utility, for Wi-Fi connectivity, for food for the community food bank, for food for our seniors through the Pima Council on Aging. Uh, we wanted those funds out quickly into our community. Do you think that distribution was successful in helping people out in the community? Absolutely. Absolutely. Was it enough? Uh, maybe not. But did it help? Absolutely. Um, we've served thousands of families and individuals and small businesses. Uh, we added $1.7 million uh, towards the end uh, when we thought we had to expend that money by December 31st. We added $1.7 million to arts and culture and entertainment venues, which have been very hard hit and are part and an integral part of our economy. And so um, was it enough? No. We, we know that with the workers and families piece of, of the funding that, that the Women's Foundation managed for us, we opened it up and more than 11,000 families and individuals applied. The first round, we only were able to help, you know, 2,000 families. And so the need was high. 
I'm hoping that the $1.9 trillion package that President Biden wants to push um, will keep those, um, those funds that go directly to cities, towns, and, and local jurisdictions intact. If that package passes Congress, or, or some version of it passes Congress, is there something specific you'd like to spend that money on, maybe the same way you did before? Or maybe there's something, a bigger change in need you've seen going forward? Yes, we want to take a similar approach as to how we distribute those funds. Of course, we have to be, um, we have to pay attention to this, how this pandemic has affected um, our finances in the city of Tucson. Thank goodness we are in a very healthy place, but we want to make sure that our sales taxes are not are not destroyed by the pandemic because of because of you know the jobless rate and people not spending money. But that's why it's so important, right? That that this uh, 1.9 trillion dollar that there's a direct payment assistance for families of 1,400 dollars. Um, there's a child credit uh, that that has been included there. There's a minimum wage of $15 an hour that has been put in there. Um, and the more infusion into our economy, the healthier local governments are. So because of sales taxes, we are able to pay for the services that Tucsonans um, have come to rely on, uh, trash pickup. Um, police, fire, our water services, parks services. And when sales taxes um, take a dive, then local municipalities like Tucson that live on sales taxes, we really suffer with our, with our services to the community. So the infusion of funds directly into the hands of families by the federal government is going to help our economy. Not that the city is looking to make money on housing, but one of the things the city did during the pandemic is suspend evictions for people who were living in city housing. Is that rent the city will ever get back or is that just a wash? Right now, it's about survival for many families. And so the moratorium on water, uh, shutoffs and the moratorium on evictions in city properties was first and foremost the most important um, action that we could take. Um, the city of Tucson doesn't work like businesses, right? Our, our, ours is not a business model. It is a uh, public service model. And so um, for me, finances are <laughs> are an afterthought at this point because we are living in an emergency. And uh, what's also very good about this $1.9 trillion package that President Biden is pushing through Congress is that it also includes CDBG money and housing and urban development money uh, directly to cities and towns and, and local jurisdictions to be able to find long-term solutions for um, for people that are living without shelter 
and for families that are paying much more than they should be paying for their housing options. So one of the things that I have um, requested that the city manager do is use some of those HUD and CDBG funds that we're receiving through these packages of relief to purchase an apartment complex or a hotel, preferably an apartment complex, uh, to use a housing first model in the city of Tucson. We know that housing first works. We want to make sure that instead of purchasing hotel rooms, which we're spending millions of dollars for, we should spend millions of dollars to purchase a long-term apartment complex that we will manage and operate as the city and that we could house individuals first and then wrap around services for their needs. We've talked a lot about aid from the federal government. Let's look a little closer to home. Let's look to Phoenix and, and state government. What more would you like to see from state government in terms of maybe not funding, or maybe funding, but also just general assistance during the pandemic? Yes, um, we understand that the state of Arizona received $416 million uh, from the latest COVID-4 relief package. And that $416 million, um, there was funds for testing and vaccination. Um, I partnered along with the chair of the Board of Supervisors and other regional mayors to request that the governor start distributing those funds immediately uh, to help Pima County um, and a local government like Tucson who are paying for testing and paying for our vaccination sites um, to be able to refund our general funds. And so we are acting fast and furiously. I know that the uh, Tucson Convention Center is a point of distribution for our vaccines that has been putting, you know, anywhere from a thousand to four uh, to 1,400, for 1,400 vaccines a day that the city of Tucson is paying for out of our general fund. That was Tucson Mayor Rahina Romero. In addition to the city's assistance programs, local utilities have assistance programs available also. You can find links to all of those on our website. The economic hardships caused by COVID-19 exacerbated housing and eviction issues that already existed. Constable Kristen Randall says before the pandemic, the Pima County Courts handled 12 to 1,500 eviction filings a month. Constable Randall has tracked the data over the last five years and says pandemic-related eviction moratoriums lowered those numbers for a while, but now they're climbing again. Evictions due to criminal activity or breach of contract still continue. Randall says people need to understand an eviction moratorium for non-payment still means work on the part of the tenant. So they have to uh, fill out a, a form, they have to provide it to their landlord, and they have to attest to certain things. So for instance, they have to make less than $99,000 a year, um, but they're also promising that they're going to seek rental assistance, they're going to make their best efforts, and they're also saying that they will ask for a partial payment plan from their landlord. 
Pima County and the city of Tucson will receive $31 million in federal rental assistance aid in the coming weeks. Randall says local government is well set up to get the aid out to people who need it quickly. She says the money will also allow the constables to work directly with the city. When we're making contact with that tenant, we can help them with their application right out in the field and then um, kind of speed their application through the process a little bit quicker. Randall says when it comes to evictions, she does not just show up and give people a few minutes to leave. She arrives weeks in advance of the eviction date to help people find a housing solution. And the moratoriums and federal aid during the pandemic have helped with that and let the constables prioritize the help that's available to imminent evictions. So now we were able to slow things down and really work with the landlord and the tenant to try and, and, and figure out what, what the problem is. Sometimes it does have to end in eviction, but now we have time to be able to figure out, um, does this person need new housing? Can we get them into a different program? Can we work with their caseworker? Whereas before, maybe we just had a few days to be able to do it. Evictions hit the most vulnerable members of the community and people of color harder. Mackenzie Pish is the Innovation for Justice program manager at the University of Arizona's College of Law. She says people of color have been particularly at risk of eviction due in part to the fact that they are more likely to be renters and more likely to suffer pandemic-related job losses. There's other people at risk too, people with disabilities, LGBTQ people and undocumented immigrants are all at heightened risk for eviction as they're at heightened risk for economic hardship and associated housing instability. Pish says part of the issue is that it is currently up to renters to know and invoke their rights in pandemic-era eviction cases. The current federal eviction moratorium also requires renters to exhaust all rental assistance programs. Pish says moratoriums are temporary solutions. They come with end dates and do not stop the accumulation of back rent, which eventually needs to be paid. That might not be possible for people who've been out of work for months. So what really needs to happen is rent relief. The government needs to get money to property owners and landlords who also have a financial obligation to pay their bills. Otherwise, tenants are just going to be evicted in the end and landlords can possibly sue them for civil damages afterwards. Pish says keeping people in their homes is not just a personal issue, but one that affects whole communities, especially during a public health emergency. Not only is keeping people housed the humane thing to do during a pandemic, it's also a lot less expensive than the downstream costs that will ripple through all of our social systems. When people lose their homes, they have to seek out aid, like emergency shelters and medical care. Taxpayers end up footing the bill. Evictions and housing insecurity take a mental and physical toll on people as well. And research shows that the eviction process can increase COVID-19 transmission and death. This week, Governor Doug Ducey announced a new emergency rent and utility assistance program for residents of 12 counties around the state, including Cochise and Santa Cruz. Larger counties like Pima are receiving funding directly from the federal government to set up their own programs. On Monday, President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris paid a virtual visit to the mass vaccination site at State Farm Stadium in Glendale. 
Arizona officials, including members of Congress, have asked the federal government for more vaccine supply for the state. So far, those requests have not been fulfilled. We asked Governor Ducey if Arizona is getting what it needs from the federal government right now. Arizona is getting what it should from Washington at this point, but what Arizona needs is more. So I've asked our county health officers here to hustle it up. I've asked Dr. Christ to hustle it up. And I've asked Washington, D.C. to hustle it up as well. What we really need from Washington today is more supply. County and local government officials from all over Pima County uh, sent you a letter in December or early January uh, after the federal government passed the last Relief Act. And they said some of those dollars are meant for local government and they feel like you're not sending it down the line to local government. Why do they feel that's the case? We're going to continue to communicate with our municipalities and our, our, our mayors and leaders throughout the state. We believe we did a really good job in terms of distributing the last dollars that came from the CARES Act. We did that in, in cooperation with leaders from around the state, both at the city level and the rural level, and we'll continue to do that. We're going to be thoughtful in the distribution and make certain that we have enough resources to weather what remains of this pandemic. And it looks like we're going to be in this for several months ahead, at least. Earlier this week, uh, DES and your office announced another rental assistance program. We've talked to some folks who were very, very appreciative of that program, but they say sometimes uh, the people who need it have trouble getting the paperwork to the right people so that they can get that assistance. Is there anything the state can do to make that easier? I would encourage people that need rental assistance to go to the governor's website, azgovernor.gov. This is $492 million additional dollars to help those in need. About uh, $289 million is available from the Department of Economic Security, $203 million out to local municipalities and counties, and we've retooled the website several times to make it easier and, and more intuitive. It likely will continue uh, to be refined and, and streamlined. And we also have hired people on the phone lines to, to be helpful to those that need the rental assistance. In about a week, Arizona will have three state-run mass vaccination sites, two in Maricopa County, one here in Pima County. What about rural areas? How do we push vaccines out to rural areas that are lagging behind in the percentage of people vaccinated at this point? Well, what I would say to you, Chris, is we have those mass vaccination sites in the places where we have mass population. I mean, when you look at Maricopa County combined with Pima County, you're talking about 85 percent of, of the state's residents. Uh, it's actually our rural areas that have been excelling 
at vaccine vaccine distribution. And they're doing it, of course, by working through local health care, our pharmacy outlets, uh, mobile units. But those are the, uh, the areas of the state that have had the highest percentage of vaccine distribution. So our rural counties are doing a great job. I would actually say that all of our public health officers are doing a great job. We just have more people to vaccinate in in the metro areas and we've got more miles to navigate in the rural areas. Governor, looking ahead, unemployment is still very high in Arizona. 18,000 new claims last week, uh, according to state numbers. How do we get these people back to work as the pandemic continues? Well, the top priority is going to continue to be COVID-19. While we do have the vaccination here and it's the first time a solution has presented itself, the virus is still here. It's unpredictable, it's vicious, and it's highly contagious, likely more contagious than it's been the entire time that we've had it here. So we want to focus on that first. Getting the vaccine out is the quickest way to get back to normal. And then, of course, being targeted and balanced in our mitigation while I am concerned about every Arizonan that's been displaced throughout this pandemic, we do have an economy that is growing and there are jobs available. So we want to make sure people that can't find work uh, have the proper support through the social safety net. And we're working with our federal delegation to make certain that happens. But ultimately, the best solution is a good paying job and career path for every Arizonan. And that's going to continue to be our focus. Governor, as we wrap this up, numbers are on the downswing now. We're still equal to really where we were late summer. But if we get another spike, even though there are higher vaccine numbers later in the year, do we need to change something we're doing? Do we need to change social distancing rules and restaurant rules, things like that? What we need to do is to wear a mask to socially distance, to wash our hands, and to stay home when we're sick, uh, to respect our neighbor, to have personal responsibility, and to get this vaccine out. That's the way forward, and that's going to be the focus. That was Governor Doug Ducey. He sat down with the buzz earlier this week. Economic insecurity through loss of jobs or wages has displaced lots of people and also led to increased food insecurity. We checked in with Michael McDonald, the CEO of the Southern Arizona Community Food Bank, about how that's impacted their operations. He says even before the pandemic, insufficient wages contributed to people needing food assistance. We already had a a tenuous economy for our lowest income workers and, and families and neighbors across Southern Arizona. The pandemic has amplified that because so many people got displaced from their jobs And we often don't have significant living wages in Southern Arizona. We're very much of a service economy and a tourism economy. So, you know, right away at the beginning of the pandemic, we saw increases of 50% more need in the community than we'd ever seen. I think as the pandemic has waxed and waned in terms of the economics of it, it's anywhere between 30% to 50%. Right now in the new year, this new calendar year, we're still seeing a a fairly good increase in demand, about 30% over the same time frame the previous year. It'll be interesting to see as the pandemic continues and certainly 
the long overhang of the economic recovery is the issue. And so that's what I, I am concerned about. And we certainly need the federal government, the Biden administration to do its part. We need the state of Arizona, Governor Ducey and the legislature to do their part to ensure that there are strong public assistance programs, unemployment insurance, uh, pandemic relief, uh, SNAP or food stamps, all of that stuff is in place and remains strong with very few restrictions. That's what needs to continue for people to have the safety net that they need. If there is a bright side to what you said, demand had increased 50%. It's now at only 30%, which is still a massive increase, but better than 50%. Are you all able to meet this demand? It's one thing to have a short-term spike, but this is this is a year or more probably even once the public health part is over because it takes time for the economy to catch up. Yeah, I think we, we've been very resilient as a staff team and we have our volunteer, our community volunteers are coming back. Some of them are starting to get vaccinated. So please, if you're an older volunteer doing any kind of service in the community, please get vaccinated for everyone's safety, most importantly, your own. And we've had the National Guard be with us since uh, last May. And so it's been very helpful to have all of that community support. Uh, We do have some uncertainty with the federal government. Will they continue certain programs that have been very helpful through the majority of the pandemic. We hope that that continues. But uh, people power means so much, and we are starting to have strong people power return to our very much volunteer-led organization. And that's true of so many nonprofits uh, serving basic human needs here in Southern Arizona. What else can everybody do? And by everybody, I mean the federal government, the state, and the community to help you all out right now. I would say that we have a governance crisis in the nation and at the state and locally, and that good governance requires good citizenship, good partnership, good people saying, you know what, we've got to make a difference for one another. So we need good public policy. We need SNAP, we, those food stamp benefits. We need better unemployment benefits, uh, Governor Ducey and the state of Arizona legislature. We're the worst in the nation. We need better public education and we need this food to get into the schools for that free and reduced breakfast, lunch, after school, summer meals. Let's not get into the deserving and undeserving poor conversation because that doesn't serve anyone. Everyone is hurting. So let's do right by each other and say, this is economic development. Whether you call it a public benefit, like unemployment or free food, it's an economic development benefit that's going to help recover our economy and our public health. Let's make sure that people have a safety net. Let's make sure we have better wages as we rebuild this economy, because otherwise we're going to return to what we had before, which is an inequitable, unfair, low-wage economy in Southern Arizona that doesn't serve business or households well. We can change things. We can make a difference. We can change it now. That was Michael McDonald, the CEO of the Southern Arizona Community Food Bank. And that's the buzz for this week. You can find all our episodes online at azpm.org and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for The Buzz Arizona. We're also on the NPR One app. 
Ariana Brocious is the show's producer and editor. Vanessa Ontiveros is our production assistant. Jim Blackwood is our production engineer. Duncan Moon is the interim news director. Our music is by Enter the Haggis. I'm Christopher Conover. Thanks for listening. Arizona Public Media's original programming is made possible in part by the Community Service Grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.